Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. You'll open up your Bibles to that passage in Isaiah 55, and we're going to walk through that text in just a few moments. Isaiah 55. I don't recall a time in the past when I did not have an appetite. Can't remember one. So to talk about what do I do when I lose my appetite? How do I get it back? I don't know. So I did what we've been taught to do. I Googled it. And I found out that there are some things apparently you can do to have an appetite. So, you know, we, we want to be spiritually beneficial, but if we need to be physically beneficial, that's good too. So if you're suffering from a lack of an appetite, I'm going to help you. I've found these things that you can do. So if you want to write these down, they're not on the outline. If you need them, I'll be glad to support you or get them to you. Number one, if you don't have an appetite, eat smaller meals more frequently. I like that one. Instead of two or three meals a day, six. That sounds good. Six meals a day. I like it. Smaller, more often. No, Ken doesn't like that. All right. Number two, eat healthy snacks. Well, apparently that kicks your appetite into gear. So, have beef jerky. I mean, that's a healthy snack, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like it. Oh, is that right? Hmm. I'm trying to remember when I asked for feedback. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that I remembered that. But, you know, that's understandable. I was going to say, that's... That's just a parenting commentary there. Okay, um, I'm glad he feels comfortable. There you go. I tell you what, if everybody would listen like most kids do, we'd all have a better time. That's just fine. Number three, eat your favorite foods more often. People who lose their appetite, they say, find the things that you really like and eat it enough to get your appetite back. Well, that sounds pretty good too. Number four, add some spices to the food. Maybe because of, you just sort of, it's dull. Put some spices in it. Spice it up in whatever way you can. Number five, I guess it is. Do more exercise. If you exercise more, your body will want more food. So if you don't have an appetite, Run a marathon, then come back and eat. Make eating exciting. They said, if you don't have an appetite, why don't you plan a night where you dress up and go to a really nice meal at a nice restaurant? Or go to one of those hog trough restaurants where you just sit there and enjoy not dressing up. Whatever it does, make it exciting. Here's one I didn't realize. I thought it would be exactly backwards. Before eating, drink a lot of water. 
Well, I thought if you drink a lot of water, you won't want to eat as much. That's not what it says. It said drink water, it'll perk up your appetite. Hmm, don't know. Here's a good one. This is one that fools your mind. Without changing the portions of food, eat from a bigger plate. They said it'll make you think that you're eating more. Okay. In other words, trick yourself into having an appetite. That's what it sounds like. And finally, and I do this one a lot, don't drink while you're eating. I remember well my grandfather down in uh, southern Georgia on the farm. We would sit and eat when we were there, and he had a big old cup. The only thing I ever saw him drink in his entire life that I was there, he had a big old plastic cup. He drank water with saccharin pills. Any of y'all remember saccharin pills? Sugar pills. He put those in there before we started eating, and that cup never, he never touched it until he'd finished eating, and then he drank the whole thing. I've sort of adopted that. I don't know why, but I did. But he said, they say, all of these things will kick your appetite into gear. Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, don't have any experience. But some of you may try those, and you can give us a report. Okay, now go to Isaiah 55. I'm sure I left you hanging all day. Oh, what can I do? Because, you know, we all want a better spiritual appetite. I am totally convinced that every single person in this room, online, absolutely wants a greater spiritual appetite. I want to get it back if I've lost it. I want to develop it if I don't have it. How can I do it? Well, let's begin noticing this text in Isaiah 55 about spiritual appetite. Isaiah was writing to these people the verse that was read, you come by from me. Let's start in verse 2. He is writing to people who had lost their appetites. And I think they had lost their appetite spiritually because they had settled for something other than what they could have had. Look at verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? They had settled for false food. What you're buying is not bread. Now, you know, in Scripture, bread reflects the culture of the day because bread was a staple. And every time, bread was the staple of life. I know people today who, admittedly, most of the ones I'm thinking about are of a generation even older than I who say, it's not a meal if you don't have bread. I know people like that. In that culture of this day, bread was the staple. Bread went with everything. Bread was it. Sometimes that's all you had. You remember the story of the widow who didn't have anything but a little oil to make bread because of the famine in the land. But she had enough to have bread because that's what they had. Little cakes. 
You've settled for what is not real, not food. Number two, listen carefully to me and eat what is good. They settled for bad food. I heard people at college complain all the time about how bad the food was. Remember, I've never had a loss of appetite. I never understood it. I don't know what you're complaining about. One, I didn't have to cook it. Two, I got it right there. Three, I could have as much of it as I wanted. What's the problem? They settled for bad food. Number three, let your soul delight itself in abundance. They settled for less food. I said I don't remember a time in my past when I didn't have an appetite. But for whatever reason, I think I'm losing a little bit of it. I eat less now than I have in a long time. I think my wife has shrunk my stomach. Admittedly, not as much as she wants it to shrink, but shrinking nonetheless. These people had settled. Think about it spiritually for a minute. How many people are settling for false food? How many people are settling for bad food? How many people are settling for less food spiritually? If you've lost your spiritual appetite, if you no longer hunger and thirst for righteousness, even though down deep in your life you really want more, you really do want to have a great spiritual appetite, then look at these three things. And if any one of them is a part of your life, then you have settled and your settling has cost you your spiritual appetite. These people had settled. And when they settled, they just did not even know what the problem was. They didn't even know they had a problem. They were just going along. They had lost their appetite. Number two. Isaiah says, here's how you get it back. Not practically speaking, but conceptually speaking. If you want to get your spiritual appetite back, you have to seek it. You have to want it. You have to go get it. You know how it is when you hear a sonic boom? And you hear it, and then you see. You hear thunder, then you see the lightning. From far away, you hear a voice, and then you see the person. Notice this text. Seek for it. One, incline your ear, verse 3. Then verse 6, seek the Lord. Hearing comes first. Hearing comes first. You got to listen. If you want to find your spiritual appetite again, you better open your ears and listen to it. And when you do, number one, this spiritual appetite, if you want to seek it, you will find eternal benefit. 
Hear, and your soul shall live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, the sure mercies of David. The things that God promised to his people in the Old Testament were things related to physical benefits. Long time to live in the land, in the promised land. He was using a physical, geographical concept to teach a spiritual lesson. It'll have eternal benefits. Indeed, I've given him as a witness to the people, David, the king, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. There are eternal benefits to seeking the Lord. If you want to find your spiritual appetite, you need to open your ear in seeking the Lord because you want the eternal benefit. Number two, you need to seek for it because there is a, it's time sensitive. It's time sensitive. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. It is time sensitive. If you are trying to reestablish your spiritual appetite, you better not wait. Seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, part of the thing that was going on in their minds, they're about to be a part of this Babylonian captivity. And so in their minds, here is what's going on. If you're removed from this land and you're over there in Babylon, where was God? He was back over there. He was in the most holy place. Their whole mindset was around the temple and it was focused on that's where God is. And so if I'm not here, then God is not accessible to me. He's not being able to be found. Again, he's making a geographical statement with spiritual consequences. You better look for him now because he won't be found forever, especially if you die before you find your appetite, right? Or maybe without finding your appetite, your heart will be hardened such that you'll never want it again. The Hebrew writer said, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't harden your hearts as they did in the wilderness. It's time sensitive. But number three, it's on a higher plane. 
When you seek for this spiritual appetite, it's on a higher plane. You see, what's going on is these people had been settling for something down here. I wonder how often you and I do that. How often do we settle for something less than we could have? And he says, if you're going to find it, it's going to be found on a higher plane. Look at the verse 6. Or verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I can't figure it out on my own. I can't by myself decide I'm going to be a spiritually minded person. I have to have help. I have to have God tell me what does it mean to be or to have a spiritual appetite. If I don't have one, the world's not going to tell me and define it for me. And if they do define it, they're not going to define it properly. And so God says, when you're looking for a spiritual appetite, You better listen to what I say and and take it into consideration. My thoughts and my ways are higher than yours. You better reach to a higher plane. So people who have lost their spiritual appetites, they're living down here. And God says, if you want to find it, you got to live up here. Third, notice what he says to the people. When you find it. When you get this spiritual appetite for the first time or when you get it back again, a spiritual appetite sustains you because it always does what it was designed to do. When a child is born, that little baby will not eat. That's a bothersome thing, right? When that little baby refuses to nurse, that upsets mom and dad. And they go to great lengths and nurses and doctors and people say, we got to help this child learn because if the child doesn't eat, the child's not going to live. Well, that child doesn't have any capacity to know This is how I'm going to live. This is what sustains me. You're designed. That little baby, the ones that when they're born, it's predominantly so that their instinct is to nurse. The instinct is to take nourishment. Because that's what they're designed to do. And it works. Verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, 
but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. When you get a spiritual appetite, it does what it was designed to do. When you finally decide, it's what I want to do. When the action kicks in that's already in your mind, it's already in your heart, it's buried maybe deeply down by all the stuff of life. But when you finally give in, when we finally let go, when we finally say, okay, I'm ready, I'm turning it over, you have a spiritual appetite, it'll do exactly what God designed it to do. And through His Word, you will be sustained. But now a lesson like this cannot be as helpful without practical suggestions. Let me give you a few that I have written down. Some ideas taking that first list that I gave you. And let's put a spiritual twist to it. Here are some practical ways that you and I can either develop or improve or regain the spiritual appetite that we want. The first one said, eat smaller and more frequent meals. Spiritually speaking, don't try I drove by, Charlie was out there doing his thing over there next to the woods, piling stuff in, and I stopped and I said, Charlie, do you have it like you want it? He said, it's like eating an elephant. <laughs> now, you know what that means, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. See, the problem with a spiritual appetite, we look at the Bible and we go, Oh, man. And we look at all the topics that are there. I can't do it. Okay, let's eat smaller, more frequent meals. Just start with two or three verses. Just do that. This morning, I always pick up Tammy Ricks on Sunday morning. She got in the car and she said, because it's just Tammy. She goes, well, I was sitting at home over the weekend, and I got my Bible out, and I was reading a verse, and all I did was read a couple of verses, and I just sat there and thought about it. Is that okay? <laughs> and I said, guess what? It's what the Bible says. Paul said to Timothy, meditate on these things. If your spiritual appetite's running low, don't try to eat the whole Bible at one time. 
Just get two or three verses, put them in your head, and just meditate. Just think, and then get two or three more. Eventually, you'll graduate maybe to a paragraph or to a chapter, to a book. And maybe before long, you've eaten an elephant. Number two, just pick out some little thing that you can do in service with the church. I mean, it's a great thing, a wonderful thing that we have this program of work that you can have. You get this book every year, right? It's like the Bible. It's just too big. It's just too much. I can't find anything. Quit looking at it as this. Just find one thing. Just one. I'm not going to, it won't embarrass him. And I'm not trying to give him undue credit. And he doesn't even want the credit. But it makes the point. You know, Abraham comes around here twice a week and just picks up trash. That's what he does. He just comes empty the trash cans. Now, is that spiritual? Guarantee you. Does that help spiritual appetite? I have no doubt. Just find one little something. Maybe you decide, because of what we've been through, that you have children in these little classes, and so I'm just going to take some of those toys home and clean them up. I'm going to come here during the week, and I'm just going to sanitize the tabletops. That's a good thing. I mean, there are all kinds of little things. Don't look at the work in one big gulp. Just find something little, because that something little will lead to a little more, and then a little more, and before long, you're doing a lot, and your spiritual appetite is back. How about eat your favorite foods? If your spiritual appetite is gone, let's use this one. How about go spend time with some of your favorite people, Christian people? Maybe somebody who's taught you in the past that you just really respect. Maybe somebody that you've had deep conversations with, and you just want to go spend time with them. Whether you talk about things of a real deep level or just stay here on the surface, doesn't matter. Just go spend time with them because they're your favorite people, and they will re-energize your spiritual appetite. Go do your favorite thing. How many people have been spiritually motivated by going kayaking together, playing golf together, playing cards, playing games, sitting around playing instruments and singing together. You enjoy it? Just go do it. It's your favorite thing. And when you do it with Christian people in a Christian atmosphere, it'll fire up your appetite. 
How about add some spices? Maybe if you've done this, do this, for instance, for no particular reason. If you're sitting over there, go sit over there. Not that your spiritual appetites are gone, I'm not saying that. But, you know, spice it up a bit. I mean, you'll be surprised if just moved to a different place during worship. You'll be around different people. You'll get a different view, a different feel. It'll spice up your appetite. Now, the Rileys can't move because there's just not many places that'll hold them. So what needs to happen there is we have to move to them and then move out. See, they get new people by moving in and out. That'll spice them up, right? Try something interesting that you haven't tried before here. You want an experience sometime? We're going to start up preschool again, aren't we, Rhonda? Let me tell you something. You want to, in, you want to inspire your spiritual appetite? Show up here during chapel of preschool. Just show up and watch these kids when we have Bible time and we sing. And they, their faces just light up. It's my favorite thing, one of my favorite things to do. You see, just add a little spice to what you're already doing. Maybe exercise more. If you've not been coming on Sunday night, try it. That's more. If you've not been coming to Wednesday night Bible class, try it. That's more. Exercise increases appetite. The more you do, the more you want. And how about this? Get a bigger plate. The statement was, get a bigger plate, but don't increase the size of your meal. Here's what I mean, spiritually speaking, and I think it will help. Take a little bitty thing that you're doing and think about how it fits the work of the church at large. Here's one we're not doing. Let me just make a suggestion because I think it could help potentially. What if we decided with our new way of doing the Lord's Supper? Every now we find a lot of stuff left in the pews, right? Well, what if some kids, some people just decided I'm going to go around and pick those up and throw them away. Is that a big deal? Hmm, not really. But put it on a bigger plate. How does that affect the whole work of the church? Just by going around and doing that. Let me go back to one. Because it's a visual that you can remember. I hope we go back to it someday. Hint, hint. I hope we do. How many of you miss when those little fellas 
pick up the cards walking up the aisles. I miss it. Let me tell you who else misses it. The kids miss it. And the older kids who did it years ago, they're too big to do it now. They remember it. And they think about it. How does that fit the big plate? I can tell you how it fits the big plate. When you see them walking up the aisle, you're impressed, aren't you? Doesn't that just get you? Doesn't it give you chill bumps? What about those kids? Doesn't that give them ownership? Doesn't that give them something to do? Don't they feel apart? Absolutely. Take whatever you're doing, whatever it is, and put it on the big plate. And think how it connects to the entire work of the church. Here's the point. If we've lost our spiritual appetites, you can get it back. Just got to kick it back into gear. And we can do it. And when we do it, the benefits are incredible. Sometimes it needs talking to brethren to say, help me get there. And so, if you need us to know how to help you get there to a spiritual appetite that you want to, we're here for you, as we always do. Let's stand and sing this song. Let us know if we can help you with your spiritual appetite. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.